0: Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class. Today's Bible class is designed for our podcast listeners, and it's focused on helping us get into God's Word for a short Bible study each day, about 12 minutes or so. And in so doing, to help us keep our focus on our spiritual well being, on our souls, on our relationship with God, to help us take on the day from a spiritual perspective. So that we can be better able to deal with whatever the day throws at us we want to encourage you in fact we really emphasize you need to share these short studies with everybody you can your family members your friends your work associates your neighbors literally anybody and everybody you can by so doing you can help people change their lives how we need a spiritual revival, reawakening today in our country and around the world. You can help start that by sharing these short studies, helping people start to think about their souls, their spiritual well-being or lack thereof, their relationship with God. So share these studies. You can do that through Facebook friends. You can do that through text messages, maybe some other technological means you have access to please please take it seriously and share we're going to conclude our study on the restoration plea we've talked about what restoration means restoring something is to bring it back to its original appearance and design talk about how people do that with automobiles how they do that with homes and you could think of some other things as well now We want to focus, though, on the church, the restoration plea to restore the church to what it was supposed to be, and as it was established in the face of this earth by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. According to God's design and plan and pattern, which he had in his mind before time began, we need to restore the church to its original to its original design. So the restoration plea, let us speak where the Bible speaks. Let us be silent where the Bible is silent. Don't add to or take from God's word. Let us call Bible things by Bible names and do Bible things in Bible ways. Let us restore the church as it was in the days of the apostles in the first century. Well, the first implication of the restoration plea is that God had a plan a design for his church no question about that we've seen that in the scriptures the restoration plea also implies that God expects us to continue to follow his plan we would be disobedient to do otherwise perhaps even arrogant and self-willed. Third, the restoration plea implies that man left God's pattern. We have. Mankind has. There are all kinds of denominations with conflicting doctrines and views of God's Word, some not even believing that it is truly and totally God's Word, and even conflicting views of God and Christ, if you can believe that but all kinds of contradictory and conflicting doctrines between themselves and between what they're teaching and believing and practicing and what the scriptures teach that we should believe and teach and practice. We need to restore the original, go back to the church as it was designed and laid out for us in the New Testament. Now, The fourth implication of the restoration plea is that God wants his people to restore the church to his original pattern today. And that is a goal and a determination that we need to have in every generation to make sure that we fit that Pattern that design that we are the church of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, designed by God according to his will. Long ago, God's prophet urged, and we urge this today as well, stand in the ways and see and ask for the old paths where is the good way and walk therein and you shall find rest for your souls Jeremiah 6 in verse 16 we have brought in all kinds of innovations and I say man I say we referring to mankind in general there are so many churches so many denominations that claim to be Christian that claim to follow God in Christ and yet they call themselves by all kinds of different names, most of whom, the vast majority of those names, are not found in the scriptures in reference to the church that God designed and Jesus established on this earth. There are all kinds of conflicting and contradictory doctrines between each other and between what the scriptures teach as the doctrines of Christ. John said in Second John Only one chapter in that short letter, in verse 9, whoever transgresses and does not abide in the doctrine of Christ does not have God. But he who abides in the doctrine of Christ has both the Father and the Son. Who's the head of your church? Some churches have a synod. Others have a convention wherein they will Determined doctrine that that church or that denomination is going to believe and teach and practice. Many churches have a particular individual who they look up to as the head of the church. None of those innovations of man are found in the scriptures. The apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 1 beginning with verse 22 Speaking of God says, and he put all things under his feet, that is Christ's feet, and gave him, Christ, to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all and all. There is no man or woman or human being who can rightly be the head of the church on this earth because that position is already taken by the Lord himself, by Christ. He is the only head of the church. There is no governing body that decides upon doctrine and lays down laws for the church and changes them from generation to generation as they deem appropriate. That's not in the scriptures. The scriptures... The scriptures are the guidebook, and that's all. There is no other guidebook. In Ephesians chapter 4, beginning with verse 4, there is one body referring to the church and one spirit, just as you are called in one hope of your calling, one one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. The church is not a building. Oh, you'll have denominational preachers and members continually refer to the church building as their church. But the church is not a building. When we look at what Peter wrote in 1 Peter chapter 2, beginning with verse 9, he's speaking to Christians there, the members of the church. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. A holy nation his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into light into his marvelous light who once were not a people but are now the people of God who had not obtained mercy but now have obtained mercy hmm it's not the church building that's simply a facility in which the church gathers to study God's Word and worship Him. The people not the steeple are the church and again we need to do Bible things in Bible ways we need to call Bible things by Bible names stop making up names for the church that Jesus established on this church on this earth. Let's simply get back to the original and be the church as God designed it to be. In his mind, by his pattern, and yes, by his design. We cannot do any better than that. And we're unscriptural and we're ungodly to try to change it. As we have noted in Revelation 22, in verses 18 and 19, we are not to add anything to God's word. And we are not to take anything away from God's word. God's word is the authority. It is the guidebook. It is the manual for us as individual Christians and for us to be his church on this earth let us submit to his will let's pray now father thank you for your church guide us to submit our will to your will to be the church that you designed us to be defeat us when we try to change your design and help us to be the example to all those around us and around the world who so very much need your church. Guide us to be that shining light and that seasoning salt and ever aggressively reach out with your gospel message of salvation. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Please forgive us, gracious Father. This is our prayer in your son's name. Amen.